If I mouth breathe into the mic, remind me. You get what you pay for with this podcast. You, exactly. You sound bad. Yeah, no, well, I, uh, we, we spent the whole week talking, the whole weekend. Yes. And I drove into town on about three hours sleep, 25-hour, 24-hour drive. Really wasn't that 24 hours. Full driving. I slept quite a bit, but not enough sleep. And then I dilly-dally. I stopped at shops along the way, and I stopped at a northern tool shop, which I've never been to a northern tool shop. I've been to the catalog, but never been to the shop. So I stopped at a northern. I saw on the highway. That's why I like driving. I meander around and get lost. And so it took me 24 hours to get there on little sleep. And then I immediately started talking the second I got there. And I didn't stop talking until we left. And yeah. Drove home 24 hours. Stopped where, along the way. Where is there? Uh, Atlanta. Me and Bob met in Atlanta this week at Workbench Con. Yep. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And we talked a lot. You were getting sick as you were getting there, so you sound worse than I do, but my voice is just starting to come back today. It feels yeah, no, a little froggy. Yeah, but. everybody, like I, like Malecki, definitely had no voice by the end of the weekend, but people were losing their voices because everybody was just talking in loud rooms and stuff, but I was definitely getting sick from a different angle. Yeah. yeah on top of not being able to not talk. We're just talking too much. Do I sound okay? <laughs> you sound great. Okay. You sound great. Let me know if I'm nose breathing on the mic. <laughs> we'll let you know. Sounds good. <laughs> David, what did you do this weekend? Because we and I, uh, we and I, Jimmy and I could probably talk for a long time about it. Uh, but what did you do? You're looking at it. So behind me is... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> huh. Okay. You were just asking about it right before we hit record. Uh, I tore down the the wall in my in my office here, which was this uh, really bad warpy paneling, mahogany paneling, and I drywalled it. And now it needs uh, some some mudding and and some some paint. But as I uh, I learned something, um, and so as I tore down the wall, right on the other side of that wall is the bathroom. And every once in a while, there's like a mildew smell in this room. And I look up, I'm like, there's cardboard up in the, above the, the shower. And I was like, well, that's where the mildew smell is coming from. You can't put cardboard above the shower. <clears throat> so, um, you know, so for, I can see, I can see the above the shower from my office now that the wall is down. And so I start removing the, the cardboard and I learned very quickly that that cardboard was holding up the blow-in insulation which then oh, rained no. down on me <laughs> and oh. yeah our buddy uh uh make build modify sent I, so i was posting this on instagram and i was like who would do this and he like sent me an instagram message like be careful they use that to keep the blow insulation from landing on top of the shower but it was too late. <laughs> so I, apparently it's a common thing, but putting cardboard above a shower doesn't seem like a smart idea to me. Hmm. So that's what I did. This so, week. I mean, could you see any water damage on it or like where it had soaked up water? It looked time? like it had been wet at one time. So I get rid of some of it. A lot of it is still there. If I need, to, if I still have issues, I can access that from up in the attic. I'm assuming I've never mm. been up in the attic at this new place, but I'm assuming I can get at it from there. So, 
Gotcha. Well, that sounds less fun than what we did this week. <laughs> Man, I, I was keeping up with the Instagram and the Twitters, and I I can't believe anybody has a voice after after from what I saw this weekend. Yeah, it was, it was a, crazy. A lot of fun, a lot of talking, a lot of conversations, a lot of insight. And uh, the best thing about this community, and Bob, you could attest to this, and Dave, you know this, is that the people you meet and the things they know, uh, you know, they might be an amateur you know, content creator, but they're not an amateur at whatever it is they're an expert at. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's like one of the most valuable things at these meetups is you meet people that build storefronts or that, you know, computer programmers in a very specific field or, you know, it's just it's just an amazing conglomerate of conglomeration of knowledge. And it's just, it's so fun to share and just listen to what people do in their other lives outside of what we all do. And yeah. Yeah. So for a little context for people who don't really know what we're talking about or what we went to, there was a new conference called uh, WorkbenchCon. And this was the first year, um, some of different YouTube people and uh, Instagram people were asked to come speak at it. And so there were some classes. Jimmy and I both did a talk, a bunch of other people. Um, it was a really cool group of people. But it, being the first year, people didn't really know what to expect. And so... Uh, and the tickets were a little expensive for this type of an event for, you know, what you would typically go to. So I think it wasn't super widely attended. I think there were maybe, I don't know, what do you think? 200 people? Yeah, about 200, 250 people. It was very sparse, but it was a good, it was a good group. It was a solid. It was a good, yeah, it was a really good number of people. I don't think it was too small or anything, but you know, it wasn't huge because there was a certain cost to get to it. Um, but it included food and lots of drinks and snacks. Like every day, everybody was well fed. Yeah. Um, but the thing that I and it was it was kind of geared toward maker content creation, honestly, which I thought was just focused enough to make the group of people that wanted to attend have a lot in common. Because I was thinking about this before. I was talking to some other people, and you know, if when you go to VidCon, it's like about video just big video. And then within that, there is a creator section, but the majority of it is like teenage girls screaming about teenage boys. You know, that's what the most of that thing is. So you go there as a creator and you end up picking up a little bit of information you get to see some other creators that, you know, meet up with. But it's like, at least for me and David, you can probably attest to this. It's like half relevant or maybe less than half relevant to me, you Hmm. know? Um, so you go there and you get a certain thing out of it. And then you go to a maker fair and you see all this awesome maker stuff and you see like a lot of really cool inventions or like stuff, projects people are working on, but it's barely, if any at all about content creation. So you have these two events that are, you know, on focused on really different parts of what we do for careers. And, and I really feel like WorkbenchCon. Uh, I don't know if it was on purpose or by accident, but it felt like the perfect marriage of those two events. It did. It, it, seemed, it seemed like it seemed like it was like an accidental success, like in a bigger way than she may have expected. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, apparently, so Kristen was uh, the woman that kind of put this whole thing together, and she's a pro at this. Like she, this is what she does. She creates these events, and she's had a lot of success in the past. And I think she just nailed it with like the the focus and the people that were involved and the number of people and you know it was a super well put together event mm-hmm. um but the thing that really struck me was that it was just 
like it was exactly what it needed to be. I don't even know how to explain it very well, but it was, it was a perfect spot. Yeah. You know, everybody came together and talked about content creation, but it was through the lens of being a maker and being, you know, hands-on. And there were tool companies there and there were all these demos and you got to learn how to weld and you got to do all this stuff around these talks about how to podcast and how to do Instagram and how to do, you know, the, the content side of it. Um, and it wasn't just YouTube, which I thought was really cool. There were a bunch of bloggers there. There were a bunch of people who were Instagram only focused and everybody was just sharing experience and sharing knowledge. And I learned a ton. I mean, I gave a talk on some stuff, but I learned a ton just, you know, just listening to people and having conversations in the hallways. Yeah, that was it. I, I wish I could have attended more of the, the conversation. I did attend Brian Fuller's conversation on welding, which I knew a lot about welding, but I learned a whole lot more than I thought I was going to learn. But I just wanted to get to know Brian Fuller. He makes cars. He's been on overhauling. He's a, he's one of Lincoln Welding's like uh, first sponsored content creators. But again, he's more TV oriented mm. than what we do. I think he was a little he was a little educated. He was well educated on what we all do because he's in the real TV business, and you know we all make our own TV shows. And so I think he was very enamored with what we did. Um, you know, somebody from two different sides of the same coin, yeah. but it, it was, uh, if, if I could criti- criticize anything about the event, I just wish there was more of a, a if there was a master of ceremonies for the whole event. That's what I jokingly said. They need an opening comedian next, next year. But hmm. that was the one thing that I, I didn't really like is that the, the conversations all started very unceremoniously. It's like, okay, is there enough people in the room? Should I start talking now? You know, I just thought mm, it would be yeah. more like if there was like a, in this room at this time, is this happening? You know, if there was somebody on the microphone. She, every time she got on the microphone, I couldn't understand a word she was saying. And it, it probably wasn't just me, but something about her voice on the microphone just didn't work together. And it was also the room. Yeah. So when she did make certain announcements, a- they were they were almost like going right over my head. Yeah, this uh, took place in a warehouse, basically. So it was yeah. a really good setting for this type of thing. Cause it, yeah, was it was very perfect. industrial and very, um, and, you know, across the street, there were some other kind of event space, but they weren't super finished and super fancy. So it was a really good location. But yeah, you're right. It wasn't, uh, it made the audio a little difficult. And, you know, it was like a common space where you and I were both on stage. It was a common space with all of the vendors and all of the welding and all of the other stuff. So there was a crossover of like when a, uh, people would still be milling around, but a talk would start. There was this little section of, you know, noise and crossover. But yeah. I mean, you're right. That was like basically the only thing I could think of that could be mm. that that I could see needed an immediate improvement. It was a really well put together thing. Yeah, like and the, getting the, to meet... Uh, Tons of people, uh, you know, tons of people I'd never met before. A lot of our patrons were there. Oh, yeah. That we'd never met. Yeah. And that was super cool. Yeah. yeah. No, it, when I did my little live build, I had to do a live build. It was really awkward. It was like everyone just standing there looking at me. There was no seats. But there was, <laughs> I don't think I had a microphone. I didn't even have a microphone. I was building in the corner. And there's a reason why my videos are sped up because it's so boring to watch somebody build something. <laughs> For some people love every second of it, though. No, well, I, I thought oh. I realized I had to make a stool. They kind of surprised me with a build, and there was some supplies there. The funny thing though is they Ryobi put as many things as they could think of out there, except for a drill and a screw gun. Oh <laughs> That's no! The only two things Aww. I needed. <laughs> I was like, I need wow. a drill. They're like, oh, no, 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 oh, no, this is a screw gun. This won't hold a drill. But and then they didn't have the right tip. Anyway, they solved it right away because they had their booth inside. They kept running back and forth. 
But yeah, that was kind of awkward. So I just try to make the show as fun as possible by coming up with very dangerous ways of doing things. And thankfully, I did not get hurt. <laughs> great. What, what a, great a strange example. plan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I pushed, I pushed my luck there a little bit. Do you guys but, know if this uh, is going well, to be a yearly else? event? It should be because it was a lot of fun. Um, I think they were, you know, the initial thought was to just see how this one went. And and I was by Kristen and I said, you know, I really hope that you made enough on this and got what you needed to be able to do this again. And she said, oh, yeah, we're doing it again. So yeah. nothing official, but I would imagine so. And my prediction is that it will be at least twice as big, if not three or four times as big next year. Yeah. Because – the people that weren't sure about whether it was going to be good or not didn't buy tickets and didn't go. And then all weekend we were hearing about people who were on Instagram and on Twitter and stuff like jealous. Oh. <laughs> you see all these people hanging out and all this cool stuff going on. And so I think all the people that didn't show up last year, you know, that were on the fence about it this year will probably jump right on the tickets next year. So I think it's going to get big. And if anybody's thinking about going, I mean, I honestly, it was worthwhile. It was worthwhile as a presenter, but also just as an attendee. I mean, like I, yeah. I did learn a lot. Yeah. And that was really cool. Yeah. And we, I, and we got there, we got there a day early and then the show started or the event started like late in the day on the day it started. So that whole morning we all went to JD's shop. JD Brewer is a content creator and a welder and a fabricator in Atlanta. And he's in a lot of uh, Jody Collier's videos. JD's got the big giant beard and the bald head and uh, JD had us all over to his workshop and there was lots of people hanging out. So we all got together at his workshop to hang out and just congregate. And he was showing everybody how to weld. And Jody showed up for a minute. And Jody was teaching people how to weld. It was, it was really nice. It was like a nice, like, oh, wow, this is a plasma cutter. Oh, this is how that works. And it was just amazing because so many people don't know how to weld at all. And he had every version of welding there. And everybody was getting to experiment with it. And that had nothing to do with the show. That was just at his place. Mm -hmm. I would like to talk about what you guys learn. Would you pick up? Yeah. On? You know, it's well, funny. Um, but I, I, I talked to a couple of people and uh, Bob, you probably did too, that have amazing, incredible careers and they want to leave that behind to do what we do because they're just not fulfilled. And I mean, we all know that, but when you speak to somebody that's a surgeon or somebody that owns their own business doing something that they just don't like anymore and they want to do something else, it's, uh, I talked to a couple of guys that were really wanting to just do what they do. Well, I spoke to a, a lawyer, like a successful attorney. He's like, I, I hate it. I just want to make things for the rest of my life. And a doctor. And, uh, and I, I happened to talk mm -hmm. to those two guys at the same time. And you know, they were just basically discussing you know, making the transition to doing what we do. And yeah. uh, those are two good I, examples I, of that idea. Yeah, I talked to a woman named Vanessa who was from Brazil, and she was a, an attorney in Brazil, and she came to the States to study design and now works at a furniture company, and she's starting to do jewelry and wants to make – and yeah, I mean, it's like a – I don't know. It's it's interesting. Like, it's easy to think, like, I've got a really horrible job that, you know, and I want to go do something better, but these people – you're right. A lot of these people have really good jobs, um, and some of them even really enjoy their jobs. But they are definitely looking, uh, you know, to do content creation or or just to make things and sell it, you know. Yeah, like living it was it was really more about that. The couple of guys I spoke to, it was really more about not necessarily getting into what we do, but 
you know, on the full scale, but being makers and selling, selling what they make. Yeah. Whether it be through yeah. Etsy or Amazon's handmade or whatever. But the idea of how do you get started making stuff? So there was a mix. And there was certainly yeah. some people that were the young channel that really wanted to try and get into the community. And, you know, I, I meet a lot of people too that know they're never going to be anywhere near what we do because they're just not that committed. And they also enjoy their regular job. They're never going to leave their regular job. But they also just love the sense of community and having a channel with a couple of videos up and, you know, a small audience. And that's, that's what they want. And that's what's so beautiful is that they're like totally in. And, yeah. you know, the community is just so welcoming. And I, a lot of guys I, I spend a lot of time with, they're like, I can't believe you spend so much time talking to me. I'm like, why? Just because you have like 10,000 subscribers, you think I'm not good enough to talk to you? You know, like, <laughs> I would think you're not good enough to talk to me. But yeah. that, I said, that's why we got hired to come to this event, to hang out and talk and get to know everybody. So it was it was great. It was really good. And <laughs> going, going to things like that is always pretty humbling for me because, you know, you, people come up and they say just really super nice things about how you've inspired them and everything. And that's awesome. I mean, that means a lot. <clears throat> the thing that's really humbling is when, well, like JD is a really good example. I don't know him, but I know how talented he is and how much knowledge he obviously has in that welding world. And I don't, I don't have that. I mean, I've welded before, but I'm not good at it. I, it's, you know, I have no expertise there. I have no real history there. And he went out of his way to come over to say hi, to introduce himself to me. And he was like, telling me that he really liked my videos and stuff. And that to me is humbling because that is somebody who is a master of their craft right. or has, you know, somebody I would look up to and like, wow, dude, like I need to learn from you because I know a ton and to have that kind of turned around, you know, I, I, I don't know what he likes about my videos in particular or anybody in that situation. But the thing that's really cool about the community is that it's, um, kind of a mutual admiration on different things. And that's yeah. great. You know, I mean, it's, it's the same way with you two, honestly. I mean, there are things that you guys do that I don't do and vice versa. Mm -hmm. And it's really awesome that you can be, uh, like two people in this community can both be the one that knows more than the other person. Mm -hmm. And there's not a whole lot of communities like that, I think, because, you know, if, if, if two people share an expertise, if you're just talking about welding, one person will be better at welding than the other person. Right. And that's just the way it is. You know, one doctor is better at surgery than the other doctor or whatever. Um, but I think all of us are such generalists that, you know, we, we can, we can really respect each other and look up to each other in different ways, like across the aisle. And it's just, I don't know. It's cool. It's really cool. And you see more of that when people get together like that and they're actually interacting. And um, yep. it, was, it was a good weekend. But as far as to what you were asking about, what, what we learned, I got exposed. I sat down across the table uh, from a girl named Sarah, who is a blogger. And we started talking over dinner. And she said, I'm, you know, I came to this expecting to receive information, expecting to just be on the receiving end of all this knowledge. And it just dawned on me that I actually have a lot to give in regards to stuff that you guys don't know anything about. And I was like, do say more, you know, I'm curious <laughs> what this is about. And basically like her world is creating blog content and using Pinterest as a way to, to build a community and to drive traffic to her site and all this stuff. And she was like, you guys, you YouTube guys don't know anything about Pinterest. And for the most part, she's right. And so we, we had this big conversation over dinner and she just basically brain dumped all of this, how she uses, you know, a platform that I'm barely aware of, uh, to kind of run her business. And so there were a few conversations like that where somebody had a different expertise 
And, you know, I had a chance to teach and they had a chance to teach and we both shared a whole lot of information. But I had basically that same conversation about Instagram and about Pinterest and both were really helpful. In fact, this morning uh, we were back in the office kind of brainstorming and Josh and I ended up having kind of a like, okay, how are we going to get better at these things that we talked about, that we learned about and started making out a list of like, you know, what do we need to do to be able to really take advantage of all the platforms that are going to help? And hmm. um, it, it was good. It was really good. And yep. I'm tired. <laughs> Still tired. So Josh went with you as well then. <laughs> yeah, Josh and Jenny. Uh, Jenny got to go and, and she's fantastic at events like that because she, she plays defense for me. Like if I'm talking to one person and, you know, she kind of keeps people, gets to know people and everything while – I'm in the middle of talking to one person so that she can trade off. And then, you know, hmm. it's great because people aren't just waiting. I mean, not that people wait around to talk to me, but, you know, nobody's just standing there with nothing to do if they're waiting to talk to me. And she was also she very helpful with my cold. She kept checking on me and giving me huh. stuff. She was awesome. She was such a good mom. <laughs> and yeah. Kressel's wife as well. They were both so sweet to me. Jimmy, yes. did you go down with anybody? No, I, at the last, Brett was uh, going to maybe come, but at the last minute he decided he'd prefer to stay in New York to get work done. So I went down alone, and uh, on my return trip, I stopped Taylor, took the opportunity to check my path and see if anything was for sale along the route, and she ended up picking up a, a, a skiving machine. A skiver is for skiving leather. It splits leather at the edge, so you could roll it back onto itself, and it stays the same thickness. It's uh, for uh-huh. handbag makers and stuff. Wait, and so, how does that work? So it's like, it's it's a little, I'll try and explain it. It's really cool. It's a bell. It's a bell shape. So it's like a, a cylinder cutting knife. So if you took a cylinder, right, and you sharpened one edge and you put it horizontal in front of you and you, you spun it with a motor and you took leather and you ran it right at the crest of the circle or the crest of that cylindrical tube, that sharpened edge, and you slide it left to right across into that open sharp edge. It's all contained inside of a housing. It splits that leather. So the, the leather at the very edge, let's say if the leather is five millimeters thick, that bell housing will slice it as you slide it over the open edge of that. It'll slice it laterally across the whole edge to half that thickness, and it kind of fades it back to its thickness again. To its, um, Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So you're, you're kind of beveling the edge of it. Yeah. So that it can be folded over and still end up being the same thickness. It's almost like oh. it's, you know what it's like, if I could make an analogy? It's like a, it's like a bandsaw blade. Imagine if a bandsaw blade was was solid steel and then turned into a perfect circle. That cutting hmm. edge is on the edge of that perfect steel circle. And then you're cutting when you're trying to resaw wood, you're resawing leather so the leather can kind of adapt to the curve of the thing instead of being like a straight blade. It's it's just like resawing leather basically on a solid steel band instead of a a band that's flexible like Sorry. And the funny thing, the reason I started the story, Taylor sent me to this guy's house in the middle of nowhere. And the guy warned me. He said, cell service dies about 20 miles before you get to my house. (laughs) And I was right on the border of Tennessee and and North Carolina and Tennessee. Uh, Georgia, North Carolina, and Tennessee, where the three of them come together. Like within like three miles, you're in one state, the other state, then the other state. And then I I went back into, I ended up being in the hills somewhere in North Carolina, no cell service, trusting the map. When I'm looking at the map, and I don't have, I don't even know, Taylor gave me the pin, I hit send the pin. 
and I didn't even write down the address. So I didn't even know what the name of the road or anything was. And I didn't realize that until I'm driving. And then I'm looking at the, the blue line on the, on the map, on the phone. And all the landscape has disappeared. It's just the grill, the, the grid on the map. I'm like, okay, this isn't going to be good. And <laughs> I have no cell service, of course, but sometimes the satellite continues to work. And then I look, I kind of glance at the phone, and I'm like, oh, the blue line just stops. And I still was like 10 miles from the, the point. <laughs> and so the road can only go in one direction. So I just drove, and after about three miles, the blue line picked up again. But I, I, thankfully, I wouldn't have known what to do. I would have just been lost in the middle of nowhere. No cell service, no nothing. And I didn't even have a paper map on me to like open it. I thought, I, I, anyway, modern technology and its, and its pitfalls. I found the, the, the gentleman's house and he was a leather worker. I'll show a little bit about him in the vlog. He was a really interesting guy. And he, he's a, a, a Yankee. He says, I'm a Yankee. Because down there, you would expect somebody that you could hardly understand with a southern accent especially back out there in the woods. He was literally in the middle of nowhere. And uh, he was the only person around for, for miles. He said, I'm, the, I'm alone here for miles. He's a leather worker from, from Philadelphia, like a child of the 60s. Said he used to go follow the Grateful Dead and everything. Okay, I'll get to the point of the story. <laughs> I get out of the car. No, no, keep going. Keep going. No more details. <laughs> I get out of the car, and right there is like a, a, I, I saw the knob of a, of a Delta Bansar underneath this tarp. And I said right away, I, was, I said, hello, I found it. How much for the bandsaw? And he laughed. He goes, Taylor said that you were a tool man. He goes, today's your lucky day. He goes, I'll give it to you for free. I said, are you serious? <laughs> yep. That was like the first 10 words we've said to each other. So we hit it off right away. So he showed me his wow. shop and I ended up getting the machine that Taylor bought and the bandsaw, which is a basically a 1950s Delta bandsaw, which needs to be restored, but it's all there. And he mm -hmm. said before he stopped using it, he put a riser block on it so he could resaw lumber. So it has the whole thing is completely rusty except for the riser block, which is nice blue gray cast iron. So I talked about it a little bit in my stories. So that's going to be a potential video. But it was nice. It's nice to just drive in the middle of nowhere and think you're going to die, and then eventually meet somebody <laughs> that warms your heart. Yeah, that's <laughs> nice. That's a real nice. It's, really it's always nice. a great feeling. Yeah. Did you, no, it's uh, just you, you, like your mood swings like crazy. Like, oh, oh my God, I don't know where I am. Oh my God, that's somebody from New York. Oh my God, it's so nice to hear you. I don't have a Southern accent. Oh, <laughs> <Aww>, boy. <laughs> Not that Did it's you, a bad thing. I just, I, I, I always expect to meet people with a Southern accent in the middle of nowhere and then be rude to me because they think I'm a New Yorker that like thinks he's too smart for the room. I get that vibe a lot. I'm sorry, all my Southern friends. I love you. Did you record your travels, or is this going to be a vlog? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've vlogged with that gentleman a little bit. His name is John. And uh, I did, and I vlogged some of the, the roadway along the road. But it's boring. It's boring as hell. You know, it's just the same stuff everywhere. Everything is like a Loves or a TA truck stop, and it all looks the same. That's the one thing I don't like about America. It looks the same until you get to the southwest or the northeast, but everything else basically looks the same hmm. from, like, this side of the Mississippi. Huh. I would disagree with that. That's interesting to hear you say that. <laughs> it's all about well, how I you mean, look like, at it. Honestly, yeah. on the highway, it all looks the same. That's that's. Well, pretty, yeah, I, you know, you got to get you got to get off the beaten path, and then the the problem is if you're trying to make good time when you drive, you go off the beaten path to try and find something interesting or cool, and then like the day just dwindles away, and where you had, yeah. you know, hundreds of out hundreds of miles of driving time, which would have been hundreds of miles of driving time, is now you went twenty miles looking for a tractor supply because you needed something cool. You know, 
That's the one thing about driving and trying to hit times. Hmm. Uh. Well, um, you guys been making anything? I'm still working on my dog feeder. Just about finished it up. Really good. It um, it works fairly well. Um, <laughs> that face, like, eh. is the dog it's, fed or is he okay? Well, it's it's not. Um, so as soon as we're done here, I'm gonna eat dinner and then I'm gonna go out there and sand and finish it. Um, but uh, we got all the mechanicals working, everything cut out. It changed scope like four times in the project. I never really drew anything out. And so there wasn't a lot of plans and it was just like, well, before I can even get to this part, I need to see if this part works, you know? And so every time there was an adjustment, adjustment, it changed everything down the line. So it came out completely different than what I imagined, but it's got the auger. Um, I 3d printed, uh, a star knob that works great. And saw uh, that. yeah, so, That's and cool. there's lasers involved and CNC's and, and woodworking and 3d printing. So it's got everything in it. And That's awesome. Yeah. So it uh, can't wait to read the comments. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fun. So yeah, that's uh that's what we worked on today. The drunken 3D printer. So you should change your name to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all over it. That's funny. I'm working on a sponsored video by DeWalt. I started it today and it is me building out the section of my shop where taylor is going to work taylor wants to have like a, a kind of a dust-free zone and we're going to start by putting up walls but the walls will be temporary so that we can either take them or move them or it's i don't want to build proper walls that are like never going to move so we're building four foot wall sections and i'm going to tie them all together and then later on down the road we could manipulate them if we wanted to or expand them or just move the whole wall over or whatever so there's going to be uh 220 six yeah, tw 24 foot walls two 24 foot walls that kind of close in a corner so we started working on that i ordered the material this morning it came and me and brett got a, a good jump on the activity i'm curious tonight. to know how they're going to be fastened or stood up i'm gonna I'm, the idea is is basically to make a, a four foot wide wall section four by eight with the two by threes inside so they're not super thick osb on the inside and the out it end up being about four inches all in and four inches thick and with a two foot platform on the bottom also two by four foot so it'll be sitting on that okay so basically be like an l and then inside the room all along both walls will be counters and shelving and stuff so that will basically give the wall its rigidity to keep from flipping backwards you know we used to use i used to work at a recording studio years ago and we basically had these mobile walls that we could kind of isolate either drums or a guitar and it was basically that just but um <laughs> stood up uh on a platform but it had wheels and it was carpeted on on the outside so you could kind of make rooms as you needed yeah well we talked about maybe doing it on wheels but since there's going to be 12 of them which basically makes it it's six, yeah, six times four is 24 still, right? Is that still what that means? <laughs> Casters yep. are expensive. Math, math yeah. is still the same. It is the same. It hasn't changed, has it? So, no, we have to do that. Yeah, so we decided to just leave them on the floor because they're not going to move too quickly too, anytime mm. soon. And I have a little method for stringing them together so that they will be fastened together simply and quickly. So if I wanted to dismantle them, I could just pull out this one thing and they all come apart. So... It's uh, it's a little bit of an experiment, but I'm glad I got it started because I'm kind of the month of March is going to go by really quickly. I've got a lot to do, and I've made too many promises. 
So we might have to go back <laughs> and beg for time with a few people. Mm. We'll see. See how it goes. You know, when you say, ah, I'll have it this month, and then all of a sudden it's that month, and you're like, whoa, did I say I was going to have it this month? <laughs> Lot. Yeah, I've got I've got one of those that's like a collaboration project that has been kind of on my plate for a while, and I figured out how to do it. It's it's I don't want to give it away. It's kind of a tricky thing, um, and I figured out pretty much how to do it. But now I have to actually do it, and then since it's a collaboration, I have to finish my part, send it off, and wait for the other person to do their part. You know, so it's like I can't just do the video and release it right away. I got to still be doing other stuff and kind of do this one in the background. And I'm trying to, I, I, I feel like I've over overcommitted on that, but really I'm just being, I'm procrastinating. <laughs> Collaborations <laughs> so. are always difficult. I mean, they're hard when yeah. people live in the same room as opposed to when, you know, imagine that's how we're still waiting to finish our collaboration four years later. <laughs> oh are we <laughs> oh the the stuff that bob sent me i turned it into something else actually it's a it's a little storage oh. box <laughs> nice i thought you burned it and that would have been hey, made more sense you guys want to hear a funny story of yes course. well a, yes well, do we have anything to talk about anything no else? we don't go ahead <laughs> bob, bob normally hates funny stories at this hour yeah, yeah, it's kind of late. No, no, no. I, I yes. had like go a ahead, little. I had a little fender bender, and I didn't know what to do. I just drove away. I mean, so if anybody's listening, what and it happened to you? I'm willing to stand up and pay for my my damage. So Wait. I left. Uh, yeah, I had a fender bender, and I, I I did a hit and run. In Atlanta? No, in uh, in the middle of nowhere, North Carolina, uh, South Carolina, <laughs> wherever the hell I was, South Carolina. It was. I don't know. I think it's North Carolina, that, the one that intersects Tennessee where I was to pick up the piece. And so it's just a stupid funny story, but like when you're alone in the woods and you break somebody's mailbox, do you stop and let ring their doorbell or do you just get in your car and drive away? What do you do? <laughs> so, well, <laughs> so I left John's place. That's the name of the guy who I was hanging out with, the old hippie. And he says, you're not going to get cell service for like 25 miles. He said, go down the dirt road for five miles. And when you get on the paved road, drive on that for 25 miles. And so I'm driving on that road. It's a two-lane road. It's winding and winding, and I'm passing old gas stations that haven't been upgraded in years, and gas stations that are abandoned. And I pass one gas station that's abandoned, but it was turned into an antique shop. And so I pull over. I saw the sign. It said open. I'm about 10 miles away from his house. So I pull over, and I, I pull up front. And now the whole back of my truck is full of stuff. Like I couldn't see out my rearview mirror. And so I look, and I don't see it. It says open, but I don't see anybody. So I put the car in reverse and I back up to like look directly into the store. And as I'm backing up, I hit boom. I'm like, oh my God, I hope I didn't hit a person. And I put the car in park and I get out and I hit a rack of mailboxes. And so the whole thing did a parallelogram. I knocked it over like three feet. So it was like standing up perfect, but now it's completely knocked all the way over. Not broken completely off, but probably a little shove would have knocked the whole set of mailboxes down. <laughs> And I immediately just like looked as I put a dent in the tailgate of my truck and I look all around and I wait and I walk up to the store to see if anybody was like deep inside that before I, I was willing, I had hundreds of dollars in my pocket. I'm like, well, I'm going to pay for this. I'm going to fix this. I'm sorry. I'm feeling so stupid. And I looked around, I looked up the hill. There was a few houses and I waited for about five minutes to see if anybody like noticed me or came running at me with a shotgun. And I looked around, no one saw me, and I just got my car and drove away. And so if it was your mailbox I hit, I'm willing to pay for the damage. 
<laughs> We're going to get a lot of requests now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's something, there was a very specific thing right where the mailbox was. So <clears throat> you think it's your mail, you have to pass the secret test, the secret word of the day. <laughs> there was a machine. You know, part. it's ironic. It's ironic that you're like, <laughs> you were talking about people with Southern accents and how they didn't like people from the North. <laughs> And then you run over mailboxes and just leave town. And they can see your New York license plate on your way out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Yankees. Yankees. Oh, man. Yeah, that was a funny story. We suck. No, so if, if, if there's like the, the slightest chance in a billion that I broke your mailbox, I apologize. But like I said, there's a okay. certain machine part, and there's more than that one. You got you to, if, if you, we could. Got to pass the test. Got to pass the test. So I had kind of, a, when I was in high school, I had kind of a funny or similar thing. This is totally unrelated. I don't know why we're talking about this on this <laughs> podcast. But um, so I, I pulled up into my friend's driveway, which was on a hill, right? And so it was like, it was a, kind of a steep driveway off. As soon as you left the street, you were on hill. You know, right. it wasn't like a gradual slope or anything. It was this weird, I don't know. So coming in and out of this driveway when your front tires came off coming out of the driveway, it was like a bump. You know, you your car dropped down. And so I was in this driveway. The people next door were having a party, and it was a bunch of people that I went to high school with, like the cool kids that I – so I wasn't invited to the party. So there's this party going on. I'm back to – I'm in the driveway. I go to back out. I back out of the driveway. I feel the bump, and then I drive home. No big deal. And so a little while later – Somebody shows up at my house, and it was a parent of one of these kids at this party, and they were like, yeah, uh, your son hit our car. I'm like, what are you talking about? I didn't hit a car. <laughs> Turned out I did, but I didn't realize it. They were parked across the street, so when I backed out and my front tires hit that bump, my back tire or my back corner hit the side of the car, but it was all one <laughs> noise or one uh, movement, oh, and I didn't feel it. <laughs> and she was totally right. I did. Like, she was parked right there, but I just didn't feel it. So I felt like... Oh man, they're gonna think I'm lying. Like I tried to hit it and get away with it, but I totally didn't. It's a Seinfeld anyway. episode right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seriously. Well, but, uh, the know, reason I tell that story it illustrates the importance of having a cross member. So if you put two posts up and you put seven <laughs> that's, mailboxes that's you're <laughs> across the top, and the mailbox post across the top sticks out two feet on each side, and then some moron from New York backs into them, it's just going to completely parallelogram the whole thing all the way almost to the ground. So I want to be clear, though. You're telling the story not because you might feel a little bit guilty about knocking somebody's <laughs> mailboxes over. It's about people constructing mailboxes, right? And it's you about want to help out those people learning a lesson, not you. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> no, gotcha. I, I really felt bad. I looked around and I was like, I'm not going to start knocking on doors. They're going. I'm just going to get killed if I do that. <laughs> nah. They probably would have been like, oh, I don't care. Nobody gets mail here anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the mailman only comes yeah. out like twice a month. <laughs> you know what's funny? I really was thinking that. I started thinking about mail and mailmen after I broke the mailboxes, and I was thinking to myself, it's amazing you could drop something in the mail and it goes to somebody's house anywhere in the world. I mean, you know, we all get mail from friends and family and fans, but it really is amazing that you could write something and almost 100% of the time it gets there. It, yeah, it's it's mind blowing. It is amazing that that system has worked out. It really is incredible. My my mother it's was funny just telling you can actually go ahead. My mother was just telling me she lives uh, in this in this little town of of Woodville, 
And she, if she wants to write a letter to, or send me something, just, you know, it's just like 35 miles away. The, the piece of mail, when she tracks it, will go up to Michigan first and then back down to, to where I'm at. Like takes a totally weird route just to, just to get to me. Yeah. Well, even in Savannah, we used to have that. If you wrote a letter or sent a check or anything, you know, within Savannah, it would go to Jacksonville and come back every single time. And that's like two hours south. I don't know why, but it just, it was always going to Jacksonville. They just have distribution centers to get things there faster, I guess. But that just was ridiculous. So anyway, Anyway. super on topic today. So I, uh... (laughs) We went and installed a piece of furniture today that I made. Uh, this video won't be out for two weeks, I guess. So last week I talked about the um, picture frame. Yeah. Did I talk about the picture, picture yep. frame? Yeah, that's coming out this week. And it turned out really good. I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. It actually ended up being more interesting as a project than I expected. Um, I had never made a picture frame before. But anyway, so that's coming out this week. But we today we installed... A kind of map cabinet. It was a piece of furniture I made for my sister-in-law, who's a photographer. She, she and my brother have a, a photo studio, and they do a lot of like big fine art prints, like really large format, you know, nice canvas prints and these large paper prints. And they needed a place to store these things, uh, you know, flat when so that when the clients come to pick them up, they're accessible and not stacked up on you know one table or whatever. So. She found some pictures of an old map cabinet with the big, really shallow drawers, you know, where you would lay down these big map sheets. And so we made a piece kind of based on that. It's a, It's got shelves and drawers, but it looks like that. And, um, oh, look, there's a little dog. Hey, little dog. <laughs> That's Wally. He's, he's not as little as he was. He's growing fast. He's, he's getting big. He is cute. So how many drawers did you make, Bob, for the flat pack? Um, so it's just got two drawers on the bottom. That's what she wanted. Uh, and the rest of it is just open shelving. But the way I designed it was that the, the shelf, the shelf and the space above the shelf is the same height as the drawer. So if you wanted to, you could take the same set of plans and make it all drawers or all shelves or any combination. So I'm going to have some plans available for it and kind of put that in there as, you know, here are the two options, pick and choose, make it. And how big is it? Is it like a big square three by three? Four by four? Um, no, it's it's one that's going to fit against the wall. So it's not as big as like an actual map cabinet would need to be to hold large maps. It's it's about f- almost four feet long, about two feet deep, and nice. then the whole thing's probably thirty six inches tall. Uh, but it's you know pretty simple construction. But I think it turned out nice. It has the look that they were going for, and we put some kind of cup uh, drawer pulls on it, and and we had a brass. One piece of brass hardware, and these were nickel. And so I was going to just leave them like that because they looked all right together. But then this morning, Josh uh, took the nickel handles and wanted to try to match the color. And, they, you know, they look like metal. So he just wanted to kind of tint the metal to make it look like the uh, the brass in the middle. And he started messing around with some, like, copper spray paint because that's what we had, you know, that would get it kind of close, and that wasn't right. And he ended up mixing, I believe it was green spray paint and copper and there was something else but he kind of mixed this up on the side and then like washed it over this nickel and it ended up looking great it matched the it didn't look like brass but it had the same tone you know as the brass piece um it was pretty cool to see him just like take a piece of hardware and make it look you know a little closer to 
an existing piece, which we, it's ironic though, because he did all that work. And then the little label holder, this brass piece that was going to go in the middle, um, ended up being too small. So we didn't put it on. So basically he did all that work for nothing, but <laughs> it was still cool to see. <laughs> we but, talked. So we, you know, we got that installed today and it was really cool because the space, their studio was really nice looking. It's really sharp and it's an old, old building from, uh, 18 something or other. Was it the building and, uh, I was in? Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you were there. Um, so their studio downstairs, it, it goes in there. But it's a it's a really nice looking building. The piece fit really well with the look of everything. And since they're photographers, we're gonna get some really nice pictures of the piece in the space. Oh, nice. So that's yeah, that'll be cool. That, uh, it reminds me of a technique that um, Brett was experimenting with this week. But I played with it once. I saw it on TV. Maybe we talked about it. Where you could take like a brass wire wheel. You heat up a piece of metal and you take a real, a genuine brass wire wheel, not something that's coated in brass. A lot of times they coat them in brass so they don't rust. But if you take a genuine brass wire wheel and put it on a drill and you spin it on a hot piece of metal, the brass will redeposit itself on that metal and become brass looking. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. So how hot would that have to be? I mean, not. I think just warm. I mean, you could, you know, not, not like red hot. Yeah. You know, maybe wow. just like 100, 150 degrees or something. Interesting. I've never even thought about a brass wire wheel. I mean, yeah. I've seen some that are kind of brass colored, but I just assumed, I didn't assume that they were actually, you know, like solid brass. Yeah. Well, sometimes, like I said, they're brass coated just so they don't rust in the store or in the storage. But sometimes yeah. they're actually genuine brass all the way through. And those are the ones that will work at that technique. I learned it on like Forge and Fire or something. Hmm. Interesting. Right on. Yeah. Always well, it's, uh, you guys got anything like really important we want to talk about? We're all tired. It's late. <laughs> Jimmy's losing his voice. No, I don't no. want to drag this episode out any further when we have to, but nothing? Nothing? No, I don't, I don't think so. We, uh, we normally record on Mondays. It's Tuesday because you guys didn't have any voices on Monday and <laughs> you were worn out. I was lost in the woods, <laughs> driving over mailboxes. Yeah. And we were working on the project all day, so it's it's late here on Tuesday. You know, since yeah. we stopped doing the intro, I want to complain. I want to complain to you guys about the intro. What oh, episode well, we good. On? I'm so glad. You don't even <laughs> listen you don't know to the episode? podcast. <laughs> okay, take a guess. I'm really curious to hear. What episode do you think we're on? 160. Pretty close. It might be, uh, might be on. 158. All right. Oh, there you go. That's pretty good. Thank pretty you. Close. I listen sometimes. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, a lot of people were asking me this weekend about making it 200. They were asking what the plans were, like as if we had figured it out. Apparently, oh, I was going to say, I was going to say, do you want to announce it? You want to announce it now? <laughs> uh, yeah, let's do that. Do you do you have all your end of the details together? Yeah, none. I can let you know if I'm available. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we have not thought about that at all, just in case anybody was well, wondering. Well, you guys traveled for that show. Do you have any plans, other travel plans in 2018? Conferences? Yeah, I have a lot. <laughs> yeah? It seems yeah, like a lot. I have a, I have a lot as well. Um, I mean, we're both going to Maker Central, and I wish you were going, David. I know. There's there's some there's some weird timing with some, some personal things that we were planning on going. Yeah. I bought a hotel and everything. Um, but it's you just bought an out. entire hotel. Well, yes, that's Sorry. the kind of money YouTubers make these days. Like, you know, you need a place to stay, you just buy a hotel. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm crazy bummed that we're not going. So, yeah, 
Well, I'm going to, next week I'm going to be in Cleveland with Laura Kampf and uh, Brett. And Laura's coming here to my house. And we're driving to, well, what is today? Today is Tuesday? Tuesday yeah, the so, 27th. I have so no idea. Laura's coming to my house, I think, uh, on Sunday. And we're driving, I think that's March 4th. And we're driving over to Cleveland with Brett. And we're going to a, a Lincoln Electric event. But I think there's going to be some hangouts in the evenings in Cleveland. Oh. Sometime between the 4th and the... That's kind of far from you, Bob, uh, Dave, right? It's, Cleveland's about two and a half hours away. Oh, so, I mean, if you're interested, I'll let you know where and when we're doing it. I mean, I don't yeah. know if that's too far yeah. for you. Possibly. <coughs> Sorry. I actually and then don't I'm, have any idea how, how far Cleveland is from me. And then I'm going to... Uh, Cleveland's right on the Great Lakes. It's like right at the corner of... Pennsylvania and Ohio, upper north, upper north right corner, northeast corner. Um, and then uh, I'm, I just, uh, I've been invited to a, a blacksmithing event in Billings, Montana. So I'm going on the 22nd for a few days with Andrew the blacksmith, who I talked about a couple weeks ago. He invited me, so it's going to be a, a fun event, super fun event. It's going to be like blacksmith red meat guy weekend <laughs> <laughs> cleveland's actually the same distance from me as atlanta it's like six hours it's not bad yeah come on up huh no i mean i'd love to but <laughs> i just got back so well no. you know what i got i got it happens to me every year you know i, get, I always forget that february has 28 days so at the Wait, end of the month what of, <laughs> no, at the end of the month, I'm always like, wait, oh, that, that thing I got to do, you know, whatever. There's always something where I'm like, oh, my God, I always think I have 9, 30, 30. I always think I have three extra days at the end of this month. It's happened to me several times in my life where at the end of this month, I make a bad scheduling decision, and that's what I did. So I have to, like, try and finish all this before Saturday, and I don't think I'm going to. But I'll do my mm. best. And then I got to spend two days in New York this week because of some stuff down in the city. So they're going to be out of the shop quite a bit this week. Hmm. That's crazy. Well, so I'm doing Maker Central this year, uh, and then Maker Fair Bay, Bay Area is two weeks after that in California. Yeah. And I am pretty committed to going. I hope you guys will go. I'm going. I I'm, haven't, if I, I if you are going, Bob, I'm going to go because yes. I have a I have a credit. For Delta, so I basically have a free flight there and back. Hmm. So that definitely cool. helps. Well, I'll go then. I'll go if you'll go. All right. You'll go if I go. Jimmy, what about you? Jimmy has to go. <laughs> uh, maybe. Let me see how it goes. I got. I'm gonna. Have, I'm not gonna have any video time. I'm gonna be like traveling the whole week, the whole month. Let's see, I might. So. I, I, there's some stuff coming up in <laughs> April too. So. I don't know. Yeah. Make a fair in, in New Orleans, which I said a maybe to. Mm. April 20th. I don't know. Let's see. Yeah. yeah. Leave me alone. It's, there's a lot. Leave I mean, me alone. There's... Just let me be. <laughs> alone. Just be Poor Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many different events. Like, there's a lot of stuff I would like to go to that I just can't. Um, but those are the kind of big ones that I'm... I'm committed to. And then there's another thing that I'm not sure if I can announce yet because I'm not sure if it's official, but in July there's kind of a conference thing that I'm going to be speaking at. Um, but it hadn't been kind of nailed down. But So hopefully I'll do that. But after that I'm going to try not to travel. I'm going to try to 
Although, hmm. while we were in <laughs> yeah, while we were in Atlanta, we met with some people um, who are local Atlanta makers, and they do some costume stuff. Very cool group of people, and they want me to come to Dragon Con, which is in Atlanta in September. But they want me to come down before then, and they want to help me build a costume that would be really awesome. Mm. And there are people that could pull it off. I'm not, I couldn't pull it off, but they, you know, all is it for something specific? Happen. Is it like a? It is. A, I don't want to give it away because I don't want to commit to it, and people like just be on me about it. But yeah, it's a specific <laughs> costume, something that, that exists, be, or something we conceived of. Uh, no, something that exists. Yeah. So anyway, they know me, and they know a big costume that I would like to have. So anyway, I'm thinking about that. Maybe Darth Vader, Con, but no that's ham easy. sandwich. Ham sandwich. That's what it is. Okay. It's the ham sandwich costume. That's easy. That's like you just tie a thing around your waist. You look like a kung fu guy with leather boots. Yep. Old <laughs> ham sandwich. Han Solo. What's his, that's, uh, Han Solo. That's what about. I was I was really hoping you thought his name was Ham Sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, what have you guys been watching? Anything cool? Uh, oh, I so forgot we do this. My pick this week <laughs> is going to be my buddy Brian. Uh, Prusa, he has a really a gro- fast-growing uh. Instagram account, and it's um, he does some really amazing woodworking stuff. And I want everybody to check out his Instagram. Yep. What's up, Brian? Yes, I agree. He's he a is big supporter in the community. Yeah, he's super talented. We were on. Um, he's one of my patrons, and we were on a patron hangout, and he's been coming to those things for a couple of years now, so I've gotten to know him a little bit. But he was showing me one of uh, this tea box. Have you seen the tea box he made? Oh, yeah, the detail it's on that thing. It's beautiful. insane. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I'm sure it's on his Instagram, so it is. go check it out. Oh, it's so good. Well, I'm going to be on the, the Green Woodworker podcast with, uh, with Donnie, and it was Donnie Carter. It was... A lot of fun. And the one thing I, I really got out of it is like how passionate he is for this community. And it's the same thing with a lot of the guys I met over the weekend. The guys are just so passionate. And, you know, it's like we've all found each other. And it's just so nice that we all have a place to hang out and commiserate. And, you know, the guys, like the, the closeness of this community. And I got that from talking to Donnie, and it's just really nice. So check out Donnie's The Green Woodworker Podcast, and, and his all his old episodes include a lot of people we all know. So check him out. I don't know when it's going to be on, but we talked after our last podcast. So we recorded when we recorded last, I went right to him. So. Hmm. Sweet. Um, so mine is entirely off topic. It should round out this episode pretty nicely. Um, <laughs> have you ever seen the Creed Shreds videos on oh. YouTube? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so there's these videos called Creed Shreds, and they basically took Creed a Creed video and they put this really horrible, like I'm I'm air quoting music to it, like where they just made the noises. I y- you just gotta watch it, but. There's another one that's a Beach Boy Shreds, the Beach Boys. Have you mm. ever seen this one, David? I don't think I've seen this one. I've seen the Metallica one. Okay. The, yeah, there's a bunch of them now. But the Beach Boys Shreds is the song I Get Around, which is like a great, you know, Beach Boys song. And the Beach Boys are fantastic. But this thing is so horribly bad. I mean, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's so bad. It's fantastic. So, 
we're going to listen to it in the after show. Oh, I want boy. you guys to hear how bad it is. Great. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, though. And, I mean, my wife hates listening to it because she loves the Beach Boys, and so she feels like we're, it's just making fun of them. And I, it's not, really. It's just make, It's just a funny thing. But if you're looking for something really stupid to listen to, really fun, it'll be in the show notes. Um, Got to thank our Patreon supporters, and a lot of them were there this week, and it was really cool. Uh, especially, well, uh, you know, we have a lot of different, uh, different levels that people help us out at and they all are awesome. We're really grateful for all of them. Our top supporters are Make, Build, Modify, Chad from Mancrafting, who was there, Chad, Dora Sharir, Michael Schubert, who was also there, Works by Solo, who was also there, Malta Make, Corey Ward, who was also there, Evan and Caitlin, who were also there, and Wise Old Dow. It was super cool to see all of them. I've uh, been saying Corey Ward's name on the podcast for a really long time. And he walked in. He was like, I said, hi, what's your name? And he goes, you've been saying my name a lot for a long time. <laughs> it was really cool. So finally got a, a face for the name, and that was cool. Um, but if you want to help out the show, go to patreon.com slash making it. And anything over there is awesome. We're really grateful for it. Or you can just share the show. That's one thing where I always forget to say that, like, just telling your friends about about the show is a cool way to help out. Yep. Thank you. Yep. Yep. Okay, let's go to the after show and listen to some horrible fake Beach Boys music. Here we go. <laughs> Sound good? Oh, yep. I honestly love people from the South, so don't get offended by what I said during this show. <laughs> and I'll fix your mailbox if I broke it. <laughs> 